What is going on, everybody? Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. You know what you're listening to once again. This is the latest installment of the Man Cave Huddle. Special episode today. No, I don't have any guests. It's just me. I'm sorry. No special guests to sit here and entertain you with. You're just going to have to be stuck with me this entire episode. But the reason why I say it's special is because we're going to be talking about this. That's right, baby. For all of my NBA fans out there, let's talk about these NBA Finals. We don't have a lot of a budget. We got a little bit of a budget. Did you like how I included the NBA playoff theme music? Thank you very much. We're trying to do some things here. We're trying to invigorate. We're trying to entertain. But let's get to the task at hand. As we discuss the NBA Finals were the Golden State Warriors. In the first time of this trilogy of which they have been mastering the NBA, they are on the road and they're in, oh, Canada, as they take on the Toronto Raptors. Now, at first, you all thought, hey, look, this is the Golden State Warriors, the juggernaut, the machine, No Kevin Durant with an injured calf, which is very scary. But you're thinking, we got Steph Curry. We got Clay, We got Dre. We got Iggy. We should be fine. Right? 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 I don't think so. Game one final, the Toronto Raptors steal it in a 118-109 victory. I mean, when was the last time you actually heard or could even – conceived the thought of the home team in the first game of the NBA Finals actually stole a game. Like, shouldn't it be the away team trying to steal a game, not the home team? But, hey, that's just a testament to how great of a dynasty that this Warrior team not has become, but are currently. Now, this finals is the first NBA finals in which it's taking place in another country. Obviously, Toronto, Canada, and the latter half will be played in Golden at Golden State in San Francisco. Or actually, I'm sorry, not San Francisco. That's next year. We talk about Oakland for everybody in Oaktown. I'm sorry. Now, going into this NBA finals, I felt like, hey, look, Kawhi Leonard is a beast, a.k.a. the claw. But it's not about Kawhi that's going to lead to any type of victory that the Toronto Raptors have. It's going to be about the others. Who is going to help Kawhi? Because it feels as though it's either been a Nolan Powell one game, a Kyle Lowry another game, a Pascal Siakam one game, sprinkle in a little bit of Van Fleet, sprinkle a little bit of Marcus Gasol. It feels as though that it hasn't been like Kawhi on his own. Because he's not the type of player to dominate a game and bust out like a 60-point effort. He'll dominate a game, but he's going to need some running mates. And in his first game, did he get some running mates? Pascal Siakam went 14 for 17, 2 for 3 from 3, 32 points, 
eight rebounds and five assists and wind up being, I don't want to see the leading scorer in the game because obviously that went to Chef Curry with his 34 points, but he was the leading scorer for the Toronto Raptors. And what a co-performance he had. I mean, Leonard, he wasn't that bad. 23 points, eight rebounds, five assists. But Pascal, at some, he scored 10 straight field goals in the second half. I mean, he was just unstoppable at certain points. And we also had a wonderful performance by Marcus Gasol, scoring 20.7 rebounds, sprinkling a little bit of Van Fleet, 15 points, 5 for 8 field goals. I mean, this, I don't want to say it was an across-the-board great performance, but what I will say is this was the type of game where it kind of gives you a little bit of hope if you're a Toronto fan that maybe if we could actually beat the Golden State Warriors. And, I mean, look, the Golden State Warriors, they had two guys in double figures. I don't want to say two. Three guys in double figures. You had Curry, 34, Clay with 21, and Dre with a triple-double. And it was literally, like, the minimum required for a triple-double in that he had 10 points, 10 rebounds, and 10 assists. Now, throughout these playoffs and coming into these playoffs, one thing really bothered me, and I want to express that right now. I understand when Kevin Durant joined the Warriors, Steph Curry really did something that was very humble, a la Dwayne Wade, and pulled back the reins on being the quote-unquote guy on the team and gave that to Durant. But people feel that now that Durant is hurt and he's going to miss the first two games of this finals, that although the Warriors, this is their fifth consecutive NBA Finals appearance, Curry is somewhat lacking because he doesn't have an NBA Finals MVP trophy. Now look, for me, anybody who knows me, when it comes to sports and greatness, there's only one thing that really matters. It's about winning. Now if you win, it's all good. The trophies, the individual accolades, those are nice. I'm not saying those don't help determine your greatness, but when you win, it's a game changer. And we all know when you're watching the Warriors, they are, Steph Curry is the stir that's, that, that, that swishes around the macaroni and cheese. He's the stirrer that swishes around all that rice when it's in the water and it's boiling and you just want to make sure none of it sticks to the bottom of the pot, that's what he is. I mean, Steph Curry is the straw when you get that mixed drink at a bar and the stirrer that stirs it to make sure the liquor is through the entire drink and not just sitting at the top. I mean, that's what he is. So let's say he doesn't get an MVP trophy in this, in this finals. We all know that he's great. Now, is he an all-time great? He said he's the greatest shooter we've probably ever seen. But in terms of great player all around, no. I mean, when you want to talk about Mount Rushmore or great players in the game, there's tier one. And I feel that Steph Curry is probably the first guy in Tier 2 that's trying to knock on the door to get into Tier 1. And that's not a knock on Curry. But to sit there and say he needs the MVP trophy, is that for what? To make you feel happy? 
Because I'm sure he's not playing for the trophy. He's playing for the chip. Now look, in this first game, the Warriors, they did stumble. Why did they stumble? I don't want to say it was fully the loss of Kevin Durant. But let's keep it real. When you have 27 turnovers, okay, in the words of Cardi B, okay, when you have 27 turnovers and you're shooting 38% from three, that's not that bad of a percentage, but you're shooting 38% from three. I mean, come on. You're not going to win that many games. That along with defenses, la defensive lapses here and there is what really led to the, to the loss. And when you look at fast break points, it's what Toronto does. And they had 24 fast break points. Granted, the turnovers, the points of turnovers were even at 17. Fast break points in terms of the the fast break defense is something that the Golden State Warriors need to work on. But I don't think it, they were missing Durant that much. Yeah, they were missing Durant, but not to the point that the offense could have functioned. Now, one thing that everybody's talking about amidst this loss, Curry and Thompson, they didn't bring her home. What's DeMarcus Cousins going to do? Draymond Green got a triple-double. No Durant. We got off the biggest storyline that came out of game one of the NBA Finals, other than the fact that the Warriors lost, was Andre Iguodala late in the fourth quarter, jumping to grab the ball for a putback, landed funny, and injured his calf muscle. Limped off the court. Continued to play, but was noticeably injured by limping. Now, look, he was Ding up Kawhi Leonard, and I'm not saying he was like a glove, but what makes Andre Iguodala special is his height, his length, and his ability to defend at a high level. He was the guy that was Ding up LeBron James. And no, you're not going to stop LeBron James, but his athleticism, his height, his long arms, it helps. Now you don't have Durant. Now you might not have Iguodala. If they don't have Iguodala for game two, look out. Because now you're looking at the Warriors being 0-2, heading back to, to Oakland. That's something to keep an eye on. But the thing is this, and I, this is a question that I'm putting out there. Can Curry, Clay? And Dre win without KD and Iggy. Doesn't that sound like a rap group or a, a, a singing group? Curry, Clay, and Dre. This is their hottest single. But my point is, is that these guys have won without Durant. But what we forgot is Iguodala and how special he was and what he was able to do. Because we know what Thompson does. And we know what Curry does. But Iguodala, I mean, Curry could be the straw that stirs the macaroni and cheese. But Iguodala, he's the cheese and the macaroni. Okay? So if he doesn't play, that is a major issue that Steve Kerr is going to have. Because people talk about the bench and how they're not good. Look, 
Looney, Quinn Cook, Livingston. I'm not saying McKinney. I'm not saying that these guys are inept in playing, but it's not like he doesn't have guys that can get out there and play. And, oh, by the way, you could have Boogie maybe each game getting his endurance back and just another body out there. But let's talk about the elephant in the room. And when I talk about the elephant in the room, I'm talking about one Mr. Aubrey Drake Graham. Now, look. Drake's role or position is an ambassador for the Toronto Raptors. So he's technically an employee. Now, the question is, is he wrong for his behavior, for his fanboy behavior? It's tough. Because we're complaining about this now. Because Toronto's winning. The Raptors are winning. They're in the NBA Finals. But this is nothing new. Drake has been doing this for years. Remember a couple of years ago when Paul Pierce was on the, was on the Brooklyn uh, Nets and they had to go up there and beat Toronto in the Game 7 up there in Toronto? Remember that? What about regular season games? This year, last year? Where Drake is sitting there, when they inbound the ball, the player is happens to always be standing right in front of Drake. And Drake is always standing up talking junk right in the ear of the player. Oh, what about last year? Before LeBron changed Toronto to LeBronto, Drake was all up in the air, jumping up and down, talking junk to LeBron. What did LeBron do? Walked away, bust his mouth open. Hey, you had nothing, and Drake had nothing to say. When I say bust his mouth open, I don't mean literally. I just mean they beat up on Toronto, and Drake probably got inspired to create the song In My Feelings because that's what he was after they lost. But when you win, you, sh- you-, you shut up the guy that's taunting you because he has nothing to say. Now, look, I'm not condoning the behavior. I mean, if you're an employee and you're running up behind the coach and you're sitting there massaging his shoulders, saying he's doing a good job, providing antics, on I don't want to say on the court, but you're standing up and you're pretty much on the court where everybody can see you, a little bit extra if you're an employee. I will agree with that. I mean, when he was walking, when, when Draymond Green was walking off the court, after the loss, I don't know exactly what was said, but him, Draymond and Drake had a conversation, and it ended with a smirky smile from Drake, and then he said, you're trash to Draymond. So I'm sure it wasn't, where's the after party tonight, and are there going to be chicken wings and fries because I'm hungry? That's not what they were talking about. And another situation that had occurred, apparently... When Steph Curry was shooting free throws, the crowd was yelling out Aisha Curry or Aisha, which is the name of Stephen Curry's wife. That is very, for all the college basketball fans out there, that is very dukish. Because the Duke Blue Devils back in the day, that's the stuff that they would do to get into the head of the opponent. And let's not talk about, let's not get off this topic of Drake. 
Because not only did he sit there and get in Draymond's face, but I guess Curry walked over to him towards the end of the game or at some point, and they had a conversation where Drake literally pulled out some lint out of Curry's hair. And not only did he pull the lint out, after the game, this dude goes on eBay and puts it up on sale. Can you believe this? Unbelievable. I mean, who does that? I mean, who does that? Uh, I, I mean, and look, the end-all, be-all. We all know Steph Curry's dad played in the NBA. You could Google it if you want. This dude, Drake, is wearing a number 30 Curry jersey that Steph's father, Dale Curry, wore when he was playing for Toronto. So he's, Drake is literally wearing his dad, Steph Curry's dad's jersey. I mean, look, I have a little bit of pettiness too, in terms of being petty. Drake, that dude is the leader of the petty posse. I mean, he is running the petty patrol. I mean, he's the lead singer in the Petty Petty Pendergrass singing group. I mean, talk about petty. I mean, it's entertaining. I'm not going to lie. But I mean, Chase Louise, you pull some lint out this guy's hair, put it on eBay. Then you sit there and you got the guy's dad's jersey on while he played for... Man, look. This is going to be a very interesting series. I think Drake is going to be a part of this series because I think in every game he's going to do something. Although the NBA has talked to him and he needs to tone out his behavior, I think in his own way he's going to insert himself into the series. But I think it's fun and it's entertaining. I just wish it wasn't Drake or maybe I wish he wasn't that brand ambassador of the Toronto Raptors because being an employee, it kind of feels like he's crossing a line in some weird kind of way. Where maybe if he was just a celebrity fan, you could deal with it or maybe stomach it a little bit better. Better, But it's just weird having him there. But I will say this. If Iguodala does not start game two, the Warriors, mm, mm, is all I have to say. In saying that, let us wrap this episode up with a positive quote. And the positive quote is, somebody once said, everything you want in the world is just right outside your comfort zone. Everything you could possibly want. Everything that you want in the world is just right outside of your comfort zone. Everything you could possibly want. Thank you for listening, and bye-bye, everybody.